This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Kindled Podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Hello and welcome back to Kindled. You're listening to episode 52. Well, guys, I am getting just about done with winter. I don't know what it is about getting close to March, but my brain is just like, okay, it is almost spring, but really the entire month of March, at least in the Midwest, is still the dead of winter. So as I record this, Kansas City is about to get six more inches of snow. So I guess my dreams of spring are simply a fantasy and it will be eternally winter. I want to thank the sponsor of this episode, Prep Dish. So this weekend, I get to go visit my best friend Kendra in Nashville, who is expecting her first child. And if you haven't heard, you can actually go back and listen to an episode with her where I interviewed her and chatted with her. It was episode 16, and uh, we talked about lasting friendship and laughed a lot. So as you listen to this episode, I am actually back from my trip in Nashville, and I'm sure I had an amazing time, and I'm sure that we ate at Biscuit Love at least once. I am really pumped to share today's episode with you because it continues with the business focus uh, from last week, except today we're talking about search engine optimization, or otherwise known as SEO. Now, you guys, I'm sure you've heard this term, and maybe you know a lot about SEO, maybe you know absolutely nothing, but regardless of your knowledge level, I think you're going to really learn a lot today from Meg Clark because she is literally a boss at it and is going to help us understand why it's so important. Now, if this topic is really interesting to you or you have a website that you need help improving the SEO on, then stick around after our conversation because I'm going to share about her upcoming masterclass called SEO Made Simple. And I'm going to share with you how you can get $25 off. All right. Now for my conversation with Meg. Meg, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So I am just personally really excited to talk to you because you are an SEO expert. For those who don't know, that means search engine optimization. And long-time listeners know that I am a web designer. And so this topic of getting your website found by the search engines comes up a lot for me. And I'm really excited to, to learn from you. And, um, and we, like we've already talked about, probably work together. So I hope so. That would be, that's a lot of fun. Yes. So can you uh, start off by telling me what does your motherhood look like? And go ahead and introduce yourself. I didn't even know. Sure. You. 
No problem. I am Meg Clark and I um, run a business called Clapping Dog Media out of my house. I have three boys and this is kind of a crazy story. They're, the boys are six, 10 and 12 and they're a lot of fun. They're, luckily, they're all, they're all in school. So that's how I get a lot of my work done. But my, my oldest two boys, they are adopted and they, they are from Uganda. We adopted them at the same time back in 2010. So they've been in our house for about, they've been in our home for about a little over eight years and they are just amazing. Adoption was my husband and I's plan A. We really, God gave us a huge heart for poverty and adoption and Africa, really, and Uganda, the specific place in Uganda where we adopted the boys from. And so that was our plan A. So we we were just going to adopt and we were going to get the two boys. And if God let us, we would just go get more. But when we got home from Uganda, like I don't know, a minute later, we found out that we were pregnant. So oh my gosh. So we have three boys. And what's crazy is we were married for 10 years without kids. Oh and God. then we got three boys all at the same time, like within 18 months of each other. Oh so we went from like being career focused and doing whatever mm-hmm. we want, whenever we wanted to, oh my gosh, we have three boys and some of them walk, some of them talk, and they don't necessarily speak our language. So wow. we kind of got thrust into parenthood. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. Like I can't even imagine how crazy you would be like, are you serious? <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, oh no, no. Wait a minute, God. You did yeah. not, you did not just ha- this did not just happen. Yeah, you made a mistake. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> this may be your first ever God, but it, it it's here. Right. Oh, that's crazy. So they're really the six, you said the, the gap was six and ten. Okay, because yeah. I'm I'm forgetting. They're, yes, he came to you yeah. at whatever age, like two or something. Yep. And then my my middle son just turned ten, like two days ago. Mm-hmm. And then my youngest, so the biological boy, he is six. So he's a little like a little bit more than three years younger mm-hmm. than my middle guy. And then how is it now, like having these you know these young men in your house? Like how what is that like? It's crazy. I mean, they're three boys. And so that means that they're dirty and they don't necessarily find wear socks. They eat a ton of food, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's like all of the stereotypes of having boys. I have them like our basement for Christmas. This was my Christmas present was a Nerf gun wall. Uh, So we took up one whole wall and put it up with pegboard so that we could hang our Nerf guns because that's, that's what we have. So they're really fun. It's really, um, they're, they're a gift. Yeah. They're great. That's so fun. My, uh, my husband, we were doing the Marie Kondo, like closet clean out stuff this mm-hmm. over the, when we got back from our vacation, actually we started in cause it was like, we we're unpacking. You don't want to put all these clean clothes away into these crazy drawers. So we were doing that and he was going through his closet and found his Nerf guns, like his set. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get these out for the girls. I'm like, just be prepared. There's going to be a lot of tears because they do not. I mean, that's the one thing that's annoying about like, you can play that kind of stuff with girls, but they're going to cry. Like they just, at least my girls, they're, they're like, yeah, I want to do that. Rough me up. And then you'll, they're like, ah, (laughs) you stepped on my hair. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, totally different in my house. It's like you, they wake up in the morning and they try to tackle me. So it's like love through tackles. That's so fun. And mother son relationships are just really special. I know every relationship with kids can be really special, but 
Mm-hmm. So sweet. I don't know. Let's just say I I am a little worried about the high school years <laughs> with my daughters. <laughs> like, I'm a lot worried about the high school years and middle school years as well. I'm yeah. Okay. So I guess we're we're just the same. But mm-hmm. maybe I'm worried because I'm like they're not going to love me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they all come back. They all yeah. come back. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So then, what does your work look like? Well, you know, I'm so, so happy and so blessed to be able to have a work where I work from home. Mm -hmm. So I just have a, we just have an office in my, in our house and like either I can shut the door when I'm really busy, but I typically um, work during the day. And then if I have to catch up with stuff at night after bedtime, they can do that. But Mm -hmm. I love it because it affords me the ability to be flexible. Like if there's weather delays at school, Mm -hmm. I can be home. I'm here for them when they get home from school and doing homework. And so it's, so my work is really flexible because it's, my business is small. It's just me and sometimes some contractors, but I can be pretty nimble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. And I love it. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, whenever there's that, like, what, what is your dream job? I'm like, I'm doing it. Like, I, right. I mean, and I know that's a blessing, not a, not, you know, a right, but it, it is like, I couldn't picture a better spot. Whenever people are like, yeah, I'm going to get an office. I'm like, why? Like, why do you want to go to an office? Like, I just want to be at home where my food is, you know, right. <laughs> go <with> my, right. <laughs> everything. <laughs> right. And I, you know, it takes year. it took me years to be able to like separate like the two. Cause it's weird. Cause it's right in yeah. your house. Like I could be working all the time or during work, I should be doing laundry or exactly. Cleaning. But you know, it took a lot of trial and error, but you kind of get, you find that yeah. Yeah. Balance. You learn how to see past a lot of dirty clothes. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> my yeah. kids wear the same outfit every day. Just right. Yeah. yeah my, exactly right. Uh, my office is right next to our laundry room. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's, it is a constant, like literally there are, it is never empty. I mean, whose laundry room is, but, uh, but there's always like at least one load that has in, been in the washer for about 12 hours that needs to be going in the dryer. And that's about my timing. I'm like, I don't know how those women who just start one in the, like, I've heard of people doing it, like where they start it in the morning, they switch it at noon and then they fold it by dinner or after dinner. And I'm just like, I'm just not that, I'm not that kind of creature of, I'm not that committed and I don't care that much. I'm like, yeah, whatever it's there. And if it smells bad, then I'll, you know, stick some draw balls in there. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I just, whatever. Laundry is not my biggest problem. So, um, but you do have to like, you have to get a different lens to look at, you know, your home and your work and your life through, because yeah, if you are trying to do all the things you, you just can't like, you'll, you'll obviously drown in that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and it takes, it took me a while to kind of figure that out. Cause I was either working all the time and the house was crazy or I was doing the house all the time and I was totally stressed about mm-hmm. work. So mm-hmm. it, I, I think people are probably faster learners than I am, but it took me a while to kind of get that balance. But now that I'm in it, I love it. And how long have you been um, like an entrepreneur and running your own business? I started in 2015. So okay. about four years after the kids came home, four and a half years, um, and so, I, and I've been doing it ever since. So okay. three and a half, four years. Were you in this industry before or what was your work before you started? I was a graphic design and web design person. And so okay. I worked in agencies in DC. I'm right outside of DC for years. Mm-hmm. And my final job before, um, before I quit was I worked at a really cool startup where we made websites for churches. Mm-hmm. So I was a designer and a project manager there. And I worked there for a long time and I quit when we flew to Uganda Mm -hmm. to pick up the boys because 
the adoption process takes years. And then when we finally got the call, I knew that we needed to be in Uganda for several weeks and then to do all the paperwork. And then when I came back, I didn't want to jump back into work. So I quit then. Totally. So, and then how are you, how are you seeing God's grace in your life right now? Mm. With, I mean, it's just overflowing. Um, like with my, with my kids, um, they are, you know, having kiddos who have, who are born in another country and started with another language and are a different color than you, it's, it's hard work and trauma. Like they both had lots of trauma in their early years. So we have dealt with a lot of counseling and trauma and therapy, but man, we just see God's goodness through all of it and just really purposed for them to be in our family. So that is huge. And also with my relationship with my husband, I mean, parenting is hard. Running a small business is hard. He is part of a small business as well. Mm. And it's just stressful. And so I think um, the biggest grace that we see, I see a lot of grace, but the um, one of the things that I'm, so thankful for is just how smoothly our family is is going right now. I know a bump is probably right around the corner, but we're equipped to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, 10 years of marriage and then getting, you know, three new additions to the family within, you know, 18 months is like, you had to learn a whole new way of, of operating as a couple. I mm-hmm. mean, and it, it, like for most people, you kind of ease into that and you have one and then you have two and you have three, but getting three all at once, like I can't even imagine like what that must have been like for you guys. It was awful. <laughs> and with babies, they sleep. So it's like, oh, you can put them to bed. But I had a two and a four-year-old and they didn't really mm-hmm. sleep. And we brought them home in November. And so they're used to like this beautiful, warm, tropical weather in Uganda. And then I bring them home and it's snowing and they're, mm-hmm. they're like, we don't like to wear shoes and we don't wear coats. And <laughs> it was really hard. That's like, that sounds hard. like my kids, but they were raised in the Midwest. <laughs> shoes, I, coats. Yeah. I don't wear that stuff. Yeah. I just throw it out the window. Right. Um, and so it was, it really exposed how selfish you are. Like you don't realize how selfish you are until you get married. And mm-hmm. then once you're married and you have kids, you're like, man, I am still really selfish because I want my time. I want my I want my space back. I want to, I want quiet and peace. And I want my house to like, if I put something away, I want it to stay put away. Yeah. But then with the little rascals, they pull it out all the time. Yep. So um, yep. I think it was really hard. It was, it was, it was, a, it was real hard for yeah. sure. Um, probably a lot of it was because of me and my personality and I wanted things to be a certain way. And then uh-huh. it can't be a certain way when you right. have three crazy kids. Yes. But, um, yeah, it was hard, but we've, um, through lots of counseling therapy and, um, work, we're doing much better now. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes by all means necessary, we have to get there. Right. Yeah. I I've never been in therapy, but we are about to go to a counselor, uh, for some family stuff. And I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. Oh, like some extended it. family stuff. And I've people who are listening are like, Oh my gosh, you've been saying this for a year. I have been saying like, I really want to go. And it just, I, I think there hasn't been that push that I needed. And and this was the push, like you mm-hmm. need to go. So we're going together. Um, which I, I don't know. It's not. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know long-term whether that's what we'll keep doing or not, but I'm excited to at least just like, I, I think it's like, we just, we need to be listened to and we need to have the freedom to hear ourselves speak without those like, people who would kind of already have a a built-in response or what they think they should say to us, you know, and just having like 
someone outside of the, that external party is so helpful. Oh my gosh. I can talk about how the benefits of therapy all day long. I adore it. And yes, I having a third party who is like, who's completely neutral listening to you. My husband and I have been to counseling. I'm in counseling. My kids have all been in counseling. It is literally my favorite thing. Yeah. I love it. I love having somebody tell me the things that I don't want to hear. And that I literally cannot hear from my husband. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hundred percent. So, okay. So let's talk about your path to like entrepreneurship and, and how you, how you came to that. You kind of mentioned how you quit your full-time job because you went to go adopt these kids and you had to, your life had to change, but was owning your own business, something that you always wanted to do? Was it something that you kind of had in mind or did it come about more of uh, a necessity? Well, it's a little bit of everything. Like, so I stopped working and in my head, I thought I will always be able to go back. We're going to have these like amazing kids and they're going to be really quiet and they're going to listen and they're going to totally understand when I go back to work because I love work. Um, I love, I love being creative. I love, I love working. And, and then all of these children came and it was just impossible for me to go, to go back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our, my oldest kids, my oldest child, Joshua, he, he struggles with a lot of things. Um, you know, some of it related to adoption, some of it's just who he is. And I wasn't comfortable putting him anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, and Mm -hmm. so, but I, but I, a few years after everybody was home and we, we, kind of settled in, I really missed doing something that I felt really good at. Like mm-hmm. oftentimes as a mom, I felt like a failure, like not doing it right. I'm not getting this. Everybody's upset or, you know, I definitely in the beginning, I, because I'm a people pleaser by nature, I really wanted the my kids to all be happy and mm-hmm. thankful and satisfied and just like joy filled. Mm-hmm. And then when that didn't happen, I really felt like it was my fault. So I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something that I and that I knew I could do, and then I could do it well and get that personal satisfaction yeah. of I can do this. Yeah. And so I started working pretty much for free. Like if somebody had five dollars, like that's my price. I'll take it. And I started. <laughs> you are in luck. That is what I charge. That is fantastic. You yeah. don't even need to buy me a coffee. Right. Um, so I would. I started web des- doing web design for friends, like mm-hmm. friends who wanted to set up a blog, a family blog, or whatever. I just started doing it for nothing. And then I got really busy and it got to that point of like, wow, I need to charge more. Yeah. And so come to find out people love to get a website for free. (laughs) Turns out it's it's a good deal for them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so we, so I started, I started, you know, like learning business stuff. I started getting into Facebook groups and try to figure out how I can like have these hard conversations with like, Hey, I know I was going to charge you $3, but I really need to charge you, you know, much, much more. And so I, um, I, I started learning and like business stuff. I feel like I got, um, and this is probably an exaggeration, but I feel like I got an, I kind of fought for my own MBA, like mm-hmm. by learning through blogs and podcasts mm-hmm. and, um, being in masterminds and really kind of crawling my way up. Mm-hmm. So I started a, because I wanted to do something and then B it turned out that the extra money in our house was quite nice. And so, um, so then it kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you, you know, like you said, you fought for your MBA. It's so, I mean, so relatable to so many people because, you know, I'm not, and I believe in the value of education. I went to, I have a four-year degree. It's not necessarily in what I'm doing today, but I also wouldn't have discovered what I'm doing today had I not gone. So, you know, 
whatever. You can get there a lot of different ways, but yes, there is so much value and there's so much available like today on Mm -hmm. online. You can learn anything. You can Mm -hmm. become an expert in literally anything on YouTube. I mean, it's crazy. And so I just think it's the barrier to, to accessing information has just really lowered a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what you can do just from figuring, like just from Googling, you know, which which I love to talk about. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Google. Yes. I totally agree. I totally agree. What do you now today in your work, what do you feel is your, what are you most passionate about? And what do you love the most about the work that you're doing? Oh, this is a great question. I have a huge heart for kind of women like us, women who have had a first career and then they had kids and now they're home and they are kind of scrapping together or really side hustling to get a business off the ground. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, most of the things in place. They have a beautiful site, a really great service. It's probably priced really well. Mm-hmm. They kind of have all of these pieces, but they're not getting traffic. And I love to come in and help them just do what they do a little bit better. I'm an advocate and an encourager for these hustling women. And I want to help them do better because I really, I feel like there's so many businesses within the one to three year range who are awesome. They're great services, great price, great person, great everything, but they don't make it because they don't get enough traffic. And then that entrepreneur, Entrepreneur feels can have the tendency to feel like it's their fault, like their failure, and yeah. it's not them. They're just not. Google just doesn't know that they're there. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to yeah. come in and help open up those doors for Google, so that everybody can be a winner. <laughs> it can be a really hard, uh, you know, spot to find yourself in mentally when you when you feel like the reason your business is struggling is because people don't like you, or they saw what you had and they said, nah. Or, you know, you're just not good enough. Like there's so many other external lies that can kind of come in and uh, tear down whatever you've built up in terms of your confidence. And not that like, I think that's an excuse, but, um, but a lot of the time it is literally just because you're missing a few things on your site and nobody has seen it. And it's like, there, there are no eyeballs on your site to even say whether or not they would like it or not. And let alone the fact that you know, we know conversion rates online, like a good conversion rate is like 2%. That's a really good conversion rate. So if you have 2% of how many people have seen your website, 10, um, that's like nobody that's less than a person, which is why you have no leads. And so, you know, people wonder, you know, why, why they're struggling and they do give up early because of probably this, this one issue more than any other, they're just Mm -hmm. not getting found and they're, um, pushing their stuff on their Facebook audience and their friends and, and their Instagram friends. And it's like, those may not be your ideal clients. They're probably not. And most of the time they're not. And then they, that online, um, kind of fake life that we live, that we can live, they get kind of sucked into that of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this person is getting a lot of success. I want to do what they're doing. And I want to, then they, Mm -hmm. they lose the essence of what makes them really unique and what's their superpower is because they try to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I really like to come in and help and kind of help restore all of those things, like return your confidence with traffic and and. Mm, yeah, I love that. That's really cool. It's like a a, str- a strategic, practical solution to to the problem, right? Um, so let's talk about SEO specifically. Can you explain 
search engine optimization, mm-hmm. optimization to everyone and what that means and then why it matters. Sure. Well, search engine optimization or SEO, as I'll probably will refer to it again, mm-hmm. is simply being found by Google. Now, there's SEO is not a thing necessarily. It's a series of little tips and tricks and little nuances on how you um, write blog posts or how you um, tag certain things within your website. And it is not like a thing that you just set aside. It's kind of an umbrella that is part of web design, it's part of web development, it's part of your content, it's part of your social strategy. It leads into everything. And that's why I think it's really great because you're already doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And I like to come show you how to do it just a little bit differently so that you are um, you can put that megaphone up to Google so they can find you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what are, you said it's a series of, series of actions like or strategies. Tips, tips yep what would you say are like the three to five mm-hmm. most used or most employed tips that you, that you focus on when you, when you're working on someone's website? Oh, that's a, that's another great question. So my, I always like to back up and say, Google reads when Google gets to your site, when their little crawlers or robots get to your site, they literally read your site like a newspaper. They start at the top and they read your title. Then they read your main navigation and your headlines. And then they circle back up to read your content. Mm -hmm. So the most important thing is Google reads. And what they're trying to do when they're reading is figure out who you are, what you're passionate about, what you're what you do so that they can put you in their catalog and retrieve you really quickly. So my biggest, if you think of Google like that, as somebody who is just trying to figure out what you're saying and where to put you, then my tips are write content consistently and write content about what you're passionate about, what you want to be found for. If you are in SEO, write about SEO. Don't write about your kids or your dogs or your dinner. Put that someplace else. But write um, consistently about what you're passionate about. And then do things like a little bit of keyword research. Do some Googling about what you're writing about. See what people are reading, how many pages are. Like if you searched like wedding photographer, if you Googled wedding photographer, guaranteed there's 29 million gazillion people have wedding photography in their site. So you kind of need to narrow it down a little bit, look into your niche and put those keywords that you kind of are landing on, whether it's natural lighting photography in Chicago or destination wedding photographer, whatever your like niche is, put those words in your titles and in your headlines and be sure to, you know, keep writing about that. That's my number one. Yeah, that's really good. Those are all really good pieces of advice. All right. I know you guys are loving this conversation with Meg, and that is why I'm going to take a second to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, PrepDish. PrepDish helps me save time and be efficient in the kitchen. What it is, is a meal planning service where every single week you get an email with a grocery list and prep ahead instructions. So all of your meals are ready for the week. So for instance, this week I prepped my meals on Sunday afternoon, cut up all the veggies, prepped the meats, de-thawed things, got marinades going. Take a peek. You can hop on over to hayleywilliams.kindled and I will show you what it looks like to prep your meals ahead of time. 
Or better yet, just try this for yourself for two weeks free by going to prepdish.com slash kindled and signing up. This is a free two-week trial. You do not have to pay anything, but you get to get all of the menus, all of the prep ahead instructions, all of it. Quick example, what do you do when you're out driving later than you expect to, running errands or whatever in late afternoon, you don't have dinner, your husband gets home before you and is like, what do you have planned for dinner? Normally, I kind of stress out and I'm like, uh, nothing. I will just go pick something up. What do you want? And then we spend a bunch of money that we don't need to because we have a fridge full of food. So that exact scenario happened to me last night. And when my husband was like, what do you want to do for dinner? I was like, oh, it's all in the fridge, ready to go. Just toss it on a pan in the oven, get that going, roast it. It's ready to go. And he did that. And he was happy. I was happy. The meal was what I wanted it to be. It was just like, oh, duh, this is, this is awesome. Why didn't I think of this? He even told me, thank you for prepping. So (laughs) there you go. If you want your husband to say thank you for prepping and maybe not even have to cook yourself, you need to try this out guys. Preptish.com slash kindled. I'm wondering, have you seen in the time that you've been doing your work with the with the increase of social media use and Instagram microblogging, have you seen a decrease in blogging on an actual website and therefore the loss of valuable SEO food? Yeah, so, you know, I, I I do. A lot of people are, um, you know, a couple of years ago, people were writing, you know, one or two paragraphs a day and putting it on their site, and that was their way of kind of feeding that SEO engine of just tons and tons of content, but maybe it was a little flat and wasn't really valuable. Now the, now I really encourage people to write long form, very valuable content. And if you do it once every other week or, you know, once a week or once every other week, as long as it's deep and it's long form, that's really helpful. are now also doing, you know, YouTube videos and spending a lot of time on Instagram. And I think all that's super, but I, what I encourage people to do is make those things, Instagram and YouTube or Twitter or wherever, point them back to your website Mm -hmm. because where you get traffic and where you get raving fans and where you actually get conversions is on your website. Mm -hmm. So I think all of the social media is very important. It is indirectly related to SEO. But as long as you point people back to the same hub where all of your good content is and your offerings are and your pay button is, then yeah. that's what I recommend. Yeah. Do you, is there any value in, this is just something I've been wondering personally, is there value in taking, you know, if someone is microblogging on Instagram and they're writing these really long captions with a photo is there value in like going back and taking those, those micro blogs and putting them on your WordPress or your Squarespace site as an actual blog post um, yes. attached to your domain? Absolutely. If it's, as long as it's filled with keywords and it's um, regarding something that you want to be found for. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Like, you have to think like a user, like what are people going to Google in order to find me? And what do I want them to Google in order to find me? And that's kind of where I start with your, your content. So if you are, if that's something that you want to be found for, absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's just something I, I personally run into is that Instagram, you know, it's in your hand. It, you can post from anywhere. You can write from anywhere. And although I know WordPress has an app for iPhone where I could 
hypothetically go in and just write the WordPress post on there. And Mm -hmm. it just don't, you know, it's harder. It's Mm -hmm. a little more cumbersome. So I've been thinking though, that like that would be an easy way to repurpose the content that I've already created and go in. And now what I need to like schedule those out to post every day rather than all on the same day. So I could, you know, write them and then say schedule tomorrow, the next day, the next day. What does it matter? It doesn't matter. I would probably recommend there's a kind of a 300 words is kind of the, mm-hmm. the cutting off point yeah. for Google. Like if it's less than 300 words, they don't spend, they don't crawl it multiple yeah. times. Mm-hmm. So as long as your post is longer than 300, mm-hmm. absolutely. If it's not, then I recommend that you curate some of your yeah. long form posts and put them in one, one long blog post and yeah. say, you know, it could be all of your Instagrams around one topic and put them yeah. all in one curated page. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. So rather than like a blog post, it's a curated page on suffering or on uh, infertility, like whatever topic that you've written about. Okay. Absolutely. That's a great idea. So what do you feel like is most misunderstood about SEO that you find your clients not understanding? You know, everybody comes to me with this negative connotation of SEO, that it's either really hard, it's re- it's always changing, you have to hire an expert, and it's really expensive. And so I like to break down all of those barriers and say, hey, you can actually do it yourself. And it's not expensive. And it's when you look at the cost compared to the mm. potential value of new traffic, dude, it's, you know, pennies on the dollar. So I like to, t- I like to encourage that. And it is true that Google changes their algorithm a lot. I think last year they updated the algorithm 200 times, but they're like minor little tweaks that in general are not going to affect a small business. Some of them do. Yeah. August, there was a really big update that affected a lot of people. But in general, Google cares about good content. And they have these things called EAT, E-A-T for expertise, authority, and trust. And that's what they really look for. They want to make sure that you are an expert in your field, that you're writing a lot of content, mm-hmm. what, who you say you are. And they look, they can prove that by how many times you have like internal links. So if you're writing a blog post about infertility and you've written maybe four or five other blog posts about it, as long as you link to them or you have related pages, you know, um, Google can tell that you've written a lot about this one topic and that you are an expert and you do have authority. So things like pages per session and time spent on page are things that I really focus on because Google really cares about those things. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I just it's like you have to change the way you think about what content you are creating. So like you, you said, if you have written those other things, it's not enough to just say like, well, I've done it. It's like, you have to show Google. It's like, you're, mm-hmm. you're constantly kind of having this little, you're, it's like, you're guiding, you're guiding what it's going to do by what you are doing. So that's exactly right. And I think a lot of people, we have like a myopic sense of the world. We think if we put a, a post up there that everybody's read it, but oftentimes they haven't because they're really busy about their own busy business and they're, they're focused yeah. in on themselves. So it is okay to write multiple posts about the same topic and mm-hmm. publish them and share them out because people people miss who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. So you need to remind them and remind Google. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with marketing. You have to repeat a message. I think it's like seven to 10 times someone yeah. has to hear the same single message for it to even 
you know, even start to them to recognize it or remember it. Um, And, and sometimes like I'll give an example, like in my own, with the podcast, you know, my tagline is work motherhood and the grace we need for both. I feel like I am saying that all the time. And, and if someone says, what's your podcast about? I say, it's about work, motherhood and the grace we need for both. Like that is what Mm -hmm. I say. And sometimes I feel like it's, you know, it's not enough. I need to say more. I need to say it differently, but it, it is actually one time I did hear a listener or I saw them write on uh, Instagram story or something like, listen to this girl's podcast. It's about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. And I was like, oh, it's working. Like someone is, yeah. someone is hearing it. And, you know, just for, for that to happen though, required me to say it a lot of times and to even feel like I was just a, like probably being annoying with how many times right. I say it or, or where it is on my side. And, um, and yet, you know, that's what we kind of need to be doing. We do need to be being consistent. Yeah. Over and over and over and over and over again. Um, you just, and and if that's what you do and that's what you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. that's what makes, um, kind of another roadblock that I hear with, with content marketing or with SEO is that I don't have anything to write about. I don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm going to write about. And so they, maybe people blog for six months and then they kind of dry up because they don't know what to write about. And I'm always like, go back to what brought you here, man. Keep Mm -hmm. writing about who you are and what you do and why you're awesome at it. Yeah. Yeah. Always back to the why. Love that. So um, let's shift gears a little bit. So um, this might get a little techie for some of the listeners who are not in WordPress, but um, or in web design or, or this space, but I do want to bring it up because um, WordPress is the most popular, you know, uh, content sure. management system out there being used to build websites. And and so for those of you that don't know about WordPress, it uses this thing called plugins, which you can, which are like free apps. It's like apps on an iPhone. You can use these plugins on your site to perform certain functions to help the site have different functions than it would otherwise. And these are created by developers who put them out there in this marketplace. You install them for free or some of them are paid um, you know, on your on your website and they do things. So there's one called Yoast, which I think is the most popular SEO plugin out there. Um, and I use it on my sites, not very well or thoroughly, but I have it installed. <laughs> it's there. Uh-huh. But I'm curious from your perspective, Meg, like how helpful is it to have tools like that, like Yoast or any other SEO plugin someone might have on their website? How do we use those well? Like, is it enough? Like what, how do we know if we're using them well or if they're working, all of that? Can you kind of talk about that? Sure. I'd love to. I, I love Yoast. I have Yoast on my site. Um, and so I highly, I do highly recommend that you have a SEO optimization tool. It does a lot of things for you. One of the biggest things that it does for you is it creates a site map for your site and they it automatically updates the site map every time you create a page or you put a blog post. And that's important because when Google comes to your site, they come and like I said, they read your title and your pages, but they also get your site map. There's a site map loaded kind of behind the scenes and where what they're looking for is kind of trust, trust here mm-hmm. is if the pages in your site map that you have listed are actually matching on your, on your actual site. And if you say you have, maybe you have 10 pages in your site map, but then you have 150 pages on your website and they don't really match. Google is going to kind of, 
is going to penalize you because they don't think you're very trustworthy because what, who you said you are in your site map and actually who you are, are two different things. Hmm. So that's one of the biggest benefits of even just having Yoast installed on your site. It's creating an automatic, it's a, a live site map for you, which is super helpful. Yeah. The other thing that it does is it, you have the ability to put a focus keyword on your blog posts. And this is kind of a, it it moves the, the, the keyword for your blog post. It moves it kind of higher in the crawl cycle for Google. And so you can say, Hey, Google, this is what this page is all about here. Here's my focus keyword. And oftentimes it's three or four words. And it it tells Google, hey, this is what I wrote this post about. You're going to go read it and prove it to yourself. But it gives Google a little bit of a a heads up as to what the content is. And I think that's really valuable. Mm -hmm. And then they basically are verifying what you said. And then they're verifying. And then as you you continue to build confidence with, with Google, you're building that trust, that T, which is the third part of the thing that they really care about expertise, authority, and trust. So it only, it seems like a little minor thing that you do when you, when you write your blog post is to enter this silly keyword, but it really does build the trust that you have. Yeah. And this is a good point um, in the conversation to say that, you know, if you are someone that has a WordPress site and maybe has Yoast installed, but isn't sure how to use it or what you should be doing or what content you should be blogging about, Meg actually has a strategy session that is geared exactly towards that. Can you kind of talk about what you do in that session? Sure. Yeah, this is my most popular um, service offering. And that's when I get on, we get on a Zoom call with a client and I have done a lot of research up front. We've had a little interview up front and I come with a lot of data of what's working really well with your site, what's not working well, some little tricks that you can do to change your um, to change your findability. And I walk you through them. I show you how to do it. I also come prepared with like the keywords that you are most found for and the pages that are most findable, the pages that are most popular, like what are people actually doing on your site? And then we can kind of strategize around, are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. You also have a tool on your site, which I, um, I utilized last night that is really cool. And it's basically, is it like a site audit? Mm-hmm. It's a really quick audit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to make it just for a couple of pages on everybody's site, because if I did the whole site in the audit, it would take 12 yeah. days. Oh, right. Um, so it is an, it's an audit. It's like a technical and content audit tool. It tells you if you have a site map, what are your most yeah trending keywords on that page. If you have your headlines in order, it's a really good kind of gauge level view. Yeah. It's a high level health view of your site. Yeah. So anybody can go on there and you can actually, it's like, is it in the footer of your sites in the, at the bottom Mm -hmm. or which page is it on? It's on the homepage of the footer and it's like complete a site audit or something like that. I'm also actually having my developer right now, put put it on just like within the body of my homepage because I've heard some feedback that it's hard to find. So yeah, well, I I did... I did somehow stumble upon it and was like, Oh, I want to do this. And, um, I assumed that when I put my email in, I was just going to get like, I, uh, I assumed it was going to be like maybe a generated report or something, but it's literally like you enter your website and your name and it literally like does its thinking. And then it pops out your information on the website. So everyone with a website should go and check that out and use it and at least see what it's telling you. Cause I mean, it gave me some grades right away. Like usability was a, but 
but SEO was like D. <laughs> so I was like, oh hey, no, this is good. I am almost failing. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good to know where you stand, right? Right. And that, that, yeah, that makes me think of what we were talking about before we started recording, which is, you know, being in web design and, and as you know, like in that space does not mean that you are an SEO expert. It does not mean you, you specialize in that or, you know, you have like a general understanding, but that doesn't mean you're like in that world doing that work day in, day out. And so that's That's something that a lot of my clients are, they come to me for, they need a website because they need their business to have like representation online and be able to get found but that's just what I give them is the ability to get found. It doesn't mean that they are actually getting found. So and, true. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. The difference between having a presence online and then actively working to make sure someone is actually seeing that presence online. For sure. And that is two total, it is two totally different things. I mm-hmm. argue that web design, web development, and SEO are there. They live in three different houses. They right. all may be friends and yep. dip into each other's um, cross each other's lines, but mm-hmm. there is very few, there is very few people who can be developer and a designer and do it equally well. And they're like yeah. unicorns. And there's yeah. certainly nobody who can do design development at SEO. It yeah. is a third party thing. And I, I often work with designers and come in as their SEO expert on their team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they are totally, they're totally different because if your site looks beautiful, fantastic but if nobody that's going to help with the conversion once people actually get to your site exactly. the way you yeah. look um, has a lot to do with people fa- falling in love with you and becoming a rating fan but if you don't actually get people there that's my that's my point as you need more people more eyes on your site to then have the design do its magic Yeah. Yeah. And in a perfect world, you would do all of this at the same time when you're developing your site, you would have a strategy for in place. You'd create all the pages and the content, but most people don't go about it that way. They are like, I want the website. I want the pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. consumer facing object that is going to be able to get those, you know, get those people onto my email list or get those people submitting a contact form. But then after the fact of launching, then they realize, Oh, okay. I feel like nothing's happening or why isn't this taking off? Oh, I got to go do social media. I'm going to go do Instagram. I'm going to go, you know, amp up Facebook. I'm going to run an ad campaign, forgetting all the time that, you know, you have this entire marketplace of search traffic that could be finding you and Mm -hmm. they're just not. So that's, you know, while I'm not saying we don't do social media, we can't forget about search engine traffic. That's that's right. There's you know, 4 basic. billion searches a day, 4 billion. It's like several hundred thousand a second. So there are, there are literally people looking for you. Your clients are looking for you. They just can't find you. Yeah. And I agree. I like social media. I think there's a place for all of it, but mm-hmm. if you, you don't have to pay for traffic yep. at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've got these tools in place and and you uh, invest in your strategy and then are consistent with it, that's way cheaper. Like you said, pennies on the dollar to a Facebook ad campaign or an Instagram ad campaign where you might be paying five, 10, $20 per lead. Um, Mm -hmm. In some cases, 40 to 70. I work with a client that's a healthcare recruiting agency and they, I mean, a, a, a cheap lead for them when they run an ad campaign, even a Google ad campaign is like 50 to $70. That's right. how much they have to pay per lead. And then that's not even like to get that job. They may not even convert that lead into a customer. Their conversion rate is way lower than that. It's like 5% or something. So right. 
you know, and then you're talking about that takes a lot of money to make any sort of business from that. And so Mm -hmm. I would much rather invest in the search engine optimization to actually have a strategy in place. So I'm creating the content that has helping people find me and then, you know, helping Google to get them there. Absolutely. Uh, That's my, I agree. Yes. Well, I'm just trying to sell your services for you. There you go. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So what, what are the, the three things that somebody needs to do to make sure their site is, you know, is healthy in order for SEO to really be working for them? My first tip, like I said before, is be really consistent with your with your writing. Write high value content that was is really going to benefit your benefit your audience. And if you write consistently and make it really easy for users to find other pages on your site, like um, this is just kind of a side note. I, sidebars on blog po- on blogs are kind of a way of the past because they don't look very pretty. Mm-hmm. But sidebars are hugely beneficial for SEO and for for your getting your users to get to other pages on your site. Because okay. oftentimes there's a there's a menu of categories or popular archive. Yeah, yeah. So I I recommend I do recommend solely from an SEO perspective, not from business or design. You to have a sidebar. Like, where I'm in my seat because I'm like, oh, I hate <sighs> sidebars. Like I just I, you know everybody I looking at them. Yeah. I hate looking at them, but yeah. they. Um, I had, I think I mentioned before that Google really cares about the pages per session. When a user comes to your site, they're looking to see how many pages they click around on your site. Yeah. And if you don't have a sidebar, that number goes way, way down because yeah. you don't have the opportunity to show people where your, where your links are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And when you look at any of the like uh, marketing experts websites, they all have sidebars with lots of, you know, linked related posts, lots of archived posts, lots of, uh, you know, opportunities to join their email list or download this opt-in or whatever, like they're using it and it may not be as visually pleasing and as as aesthetically pleasing, but it is functional and it is serving a purpose. So we have to keep them. Okay. So being consistent with that content linking, is that what you're, is that the second? Yeah. Yeah. Linking to each other. And then my, you know, my third thing is, and this might be jumping into something else, keyword, making sure you have good keywords on your site and Mm -hmm. keyword research has sometimes gets a bad rap because there is a science behind it. But man, when we're, when you're just trying to get traffic, just find words that I Google, I I, like, I like to Google what I'm going to write about and let Google like auto fill in my, you know, use their intelligence. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. What I was typing in is different than what Google is typing in. And when Google types automatically types for you, that tells me that more people are searching for that, whatever Mm -hmm. Google's typing in. So I, that's my first step of keyword research is to mm-hmm. go to Google and see what other people are searching for. That's simple. Anyone yeah. can do that. It's free. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, wow. There's so many good tips in here. And um, I, I, for one, I'm super excited to, to get your brain on my website. So mm-hmm. um, we'll have to find a way for you to like, I need to get you on all of my clients' sites so I can pass off all their issues to you. No, (laughs) you totally can. You totally can. Oh my gosh. Um, So what is, uh, the last two questions I always ask my guests are, what what is your favorite life hack right now? It could be like organization, something that's just helping you out get through your days. 
Oh my gosh. Um, I, I guess coffee's not a life hack, but coffee is one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, funny. and I am jumping on, you know, I binged on Netflix and watched the whole Marie Kondo yeah. and just taking that look at my whole life, whether it's digital life or my kitchen cabinets or the sock drawer and really kind of cleaning out. I think there was, yeah. there, it's, there's some practical purposes to it. So you don't have, yeah. you know, 10 years worth of socks in your drawer, but there is like that, um, higher level thinking of why do I have all this stuff? And yeah. it's taking up space in my life and in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it just clogs up the, it clogs up the works. So yeah. I think we are Marie Kondoing like everything from yeah. our money to our diet right now to the stuff that we own. And we're really yeah. getting a little bit more minimalistic. I yeah. don't know if that's a life hack, but I think in a few months it will be because we'll be a yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was telling you, I did it to, you know, our drawers, everybody's drawers and closet. And I hate folding laundry. I hate putting away laundry. If, if I could outsource one thing in my life, it would be laundry. Yeah. And since changing the way I fold my clothes and putting them in, in my drawers where I can see everything, it honestly has made it less painful for me to put clothes away because I'm creating something that is pretty and aesthetically pleasing. So it's enjoyable to do this task that used to be just a drag. Right. And so even just as simple as like, helping me to appreciate, you know, what I'm doing rather than just, it's a drudgery That's right. for me. It has been transformational, at least in that simple of a little thing. So I agree. I totally agree. I'm trying to do it to like all aspects of my life. <laughs> yeah. Now I do not, um, knock on any books before I organize them. I'll say that. <laughs> you know how she goes like she's gonna yeah. organize the book she's like we have to wake them up and she knocks on each pile I'm like I don't do that either no, and I don't really I, I don't really think my house either but yes exactly I'm, um, I'm super thankful right. for it right I yes thankful and I think that the thing there like this is not about Marie Kondo but it's like who are we thankful to like what right. what are we thinking are we thinking our shirt or are we thinking God <laughs> you know like, <laughs> yeah. like the shirt doesn't have a soul so I'm gonna go ahead and not yeah I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with the big man upstairs yeah absolutely right. um <laughs> so what do you do for fun Oh, you know, your fun kind of evolves as you get older and your life changes. But right now I'm really enjoying the ages of my kids um, because they have can have real conversations and they're kind of growing up to be like little big people. And so the thing that I do for fun right now is hanging out with my family and doing, we have a couple of really great family friends and just kind of doing that. Yeah. Hanging out, doing fun things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that age, um, especially as you get into like the teenage years, it's like, you know, a vision, being able to see what your future is going to look like with like those relationships and, and really getting like having friends with your your kids. I mean, there will be some rough patches, but like, I am, I mean, I just have really fond memories of like family trips and things we did. I mean, you know, just, I don't know, spending time together as, as a, as a family, when, as you're getting older becomes really, I don't know, really valuable and really unique. I agree. This, this morning, in fact, we bought concert tickets for all of the, for our whole family to go see Lecrae. Mm-hmm. My kids love Lecrae. Yeah. And it's like, great. So we bought tickets and I'm so looking forward to it. Like That's watching so the concerts. It's, it's so fun. It's yeah. like, so yeah, but awesome. I don't know. But 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I definitely would have had a different answer than going to a Lecrae concert. Yeah. But it probably would have included a nice dinner and maybe a trap, a trip. But right, right. You know, yeah. we, we evolve. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, and then how do you rest? Which I don't know what your Enneagram number is, but I'm feeling like you're a three. I'm a seven. You're a seven. Okay. I'm a seven. 
Oh, totally, totally off. Okay. So the fun thing for you is like what you, you love to have fun. You love to I'm always looking forward to the next thing. Yeah. Enneagram kind of rocked my world earlier this year. Well, I guess in 18 of like, it's totally me. And there's so mm. many great things about being a seven. There's lots of fun things, but there's also some, as with every number, the, mm-hmm. the unhealthy side of it is like, crap, that's me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but so for rest, I really enjoy being with friends and I, I get my energy from friends and so you're an extrovert. Okay. Yeah, I'm total extrovert. I love to be with people, mm-hmm. um, but then also watching Netflix. So uh-huh. both <laughs> watching that Netflix with yeah. friends is like my ideal. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> and watch TV together. Yeah. Let's stop thinking that Netflix is like the enemy of, of social. Let's just bring our friends oh. over and watch together. Yeah. Yeah. That's we'll open funny. some wine and make some popcorn. What, yeah. what literally what could be better than that? Right. The only downside to that is like people talking over things I really want to hear because sometimes <laughs> if I'm watching something with my husband and he asks a question at the very moment she thinks to me, I'm like, I can't hear what she's saying. I need to hear this. <laughs> like, be quiet. You gotta rewind it. Yeah. He's like, wow, sorry. <laughs> that's so fun yeah oh man well Meg thank you so much for um, your time and your wisdom on just all things digital and SEO and uh, and sharing your story with us I'm really just happy to have spent time learning from you and getting to know you. So thank me you. Too. I, this is, this has been great fun. And if anybody wants to find me, I'm at clapping dog media um, for all things, Instagram and clappingdogmedia.com. So come mm-hmm. check me out and we can all be friends. We can all watch Netflix together. Yeah. perfect. <laughs> Google hangout. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you will check out Meg's upcoming SEO masterclass. It is on February 28th. You can register at seomadesimple.co. And when you use the coupon code Kindled, you will receive $25 off the $99 fee. I'm going to be there. Meg's going to be there. We're all going to learn how to improve our visibility and get more traffic to our website so we can grow our business and achieve our goals. So really, this is about your life, not just SEO. All right. That's all for today. So come back next week and I'm going to be talking with Jenny Bravo all about how to self-publish and her journey with becoming an author and a self-publisher. Thank you guys so much and have a great week.